What was that experience like, just kind of getting thrown into the fire in terms of prep coverage? Because, you know, when you start with a newspaper, a city you've never been, and you got to cover all these high schools that you have no relationships with, was that a difficult transition for you? Oh, it, it, was, it was definitely strange at first. I mean, because, you know, Pueblo is a pretty prideful place as well. You know, like, you know, there's a lot of stereotypes come from the north about Pueblo, so it's a little tougher being, you know, a Denver guy coming well but you know i had a lot of good people around jeff Birch, i don't know if you know him but you know, he was big in helping me uh he worked in fort collins before but you know he helped me kind of introduce people and you know really it was just kind of like a i'm gonna throw you in the water and you're gonna figure out how to swim kind of deal i mean they they gave me uh like a softball beat to cover all the you know all the pueblo school softball and you know i couldn't have been more lucky because Pueblo is incredible at softball. Like every high school here is good at it. So it was a great beat and it just made it, you know, kind of easy. And, you know, trying to build those relationships right off the bat is, you know, it was a little easier with when they're, when they're winning instead of losing. That's always a good point. I, I probably didn't do a great transition there, but Austin covers everything basically at this point in Pueblo. He used to work with me at the Collegian. That's how we go way back. One of my good friends obviously a CSU grad being that he worked at the Collegian. But I just wanted to get him on here, kind of pick his brain, see, see what he's been up to. Uh, I'm about to do a, a Breck Brew read, which all of you listeners are used to, but I'm curious real quick, because you, you mentioned Pueblo and, and there being some you know, kind of stereotypes about down there, you know, what was kind of your impression of Pueblo going in and you know, how has that changed you know, it, it seems like Pueblo is a really cool community based on the things that you've kind of told me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, going in, I, you know, unfortunately, you know, I had the same kind of stereotypes like, oh, there's crime everywhere. Like, am I even going to live? <laughs> like, am I going to be able to stay alive down here? But, you know, it, it's, it's not that way at all. You know, there still is crime, you know, and it is still a big issue here, but, you know, the community's great. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better place to cover high school sports. Cause I mean, everybody here is so passionate and, you know, there, there's things like uh, the bell game, the football uh, game between Pueblo central and Pueblo centennial. I didn't even know it's, it's, I guess it's the oldest high school football rivalry rivalry west of the Mississippi. And, you know, they were telling me, Oh yeah, like 13,000 people come out to watch this game. And I was like, no way. It's just high school football in Colorado. Sure enough. They do like, that that just shows kind of the passion that is down here. And it's not even like focused on one school. Like the last two years, there's been a Pueblo school and a football state title game. And also fortunately, the game's been held at CSU Pueblo. So the the crowds have been completely packed. And it's because all of Pueblo comes together to support that one school too. So, you know, the community's really great about, you know, coming together and, you know, just that kind of unity that I don't think people would expect. That's really cool. I'm not sure there's a lot of communities in Colorado that can really say that, especially from a high school sports perspective. I mean, you know, you'll get some attendance for teams that have consistent success, but 13,000 is a significant number. I mean, that's more than, that's probably three times as many people that show up for a San Jose State football game. <laughs> probably easily. Like, yeah, it's just the best example was that first state championship game. It was Pueblo East. They're playing Palmer Ridge. I remember on Twitter, you know, all these Pueblo people were like, oh, yeah, let's go support East. And then some kid from Palmer Ridge in Monument, because Lewis Palmer is there, too, and they, were, they have a big rivalry. They're like, oh, hey, like, you know, let's get this going with Monument, too. 
some Lewis Palmer kid responded saying, go Pueblo East. <laughs> so <laughs> like, that was a perfect example. Like you don't, you don't get that kind of unity anywhere else. That's really cool. I'm going to have to try and, and get down there for a, a bell game. I've heard about that from Jason Ortiz in the past. And then, you know, obviously from you, that's just, that's crazy to me. I, I really wish that high school sports got that kind of consistent support across the board because it would just make it so much more fun for everyone involved. Yeah. And I mean, that's not, there's another can, their cannon game between East and South. That gets a good, maybe eight to 10,000 people too. So both of those games are electric. Just real quick. Why is it the bell game and why is it the cannon game? <laughs> the bell game, because uh, the winner gets like a, like a little bell. It's on this little cart thing and you know, they'll paint the cart for whoever wins that year. And, and then they get to host the bell. So after every touchdown, they'll ring the bell, you know, just kind of sense of pride. Cannon game is the same thing, except they got a real life cannon. And I hate that thing, honestly, because they, they shoot it up. It's just like CSU with their cannon. You know, when they score, they fire that thing off. And I am still never used to it. And it somehow seems I'm always in the end zone when they score. So it just blows out my ears. <laughs> You'll never get used to the cannon. Not completely. You, you maybe, yeah. maybe you don't have a heart attack every time, but I still jump every time they fire comatose and I know it's coming. Yeah, I hate it so much. I'm, uh, I'm going to ask you some stuff about your time in Fort Collins, working at the Collegian, working at the Taco Bell on Elizabeth, which is just <laughs> got, had to have been crazy. But oh, real yeah. quick, got to shout out the homies over at Breckenridge Brewery. Right now is a perfect time to pick up some Avalanche Amber Ale. This beer is available to try at the DNVR bar. But if you're in the Denver metro area, make sure you check out the farmhouse, which is open socially distanced and a beautiful setup. It's going to be a gorgeous weekend. Go check it out. But hey, if you're more comfortable at home, I get it. You can still order curbside pickup from 12 to 8. Just call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. That's 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Use the code DNVR. You'll save 5 bucks on your order. Finally, you can always pick up Breck at your local liquor store, grocery store, Costco, King Supers, all of the above. Just head on the Breck Beer Locator. It'll tell you the closest store near you. Or if you're you know, too lazy to leave your house, no judgment, hit up the Drizzly app. They will deliver it straight to you. So clutch. You don't even got to leave. That's technology. That is progress. Awesome. Shout out to Breck. Austin, I, let's just start with Taco Bell because that had to have been <laughs> such a weird experience. But also, it had to have been kind of fun at times, right? Oh, yeah. I mean... Some of my best friends that I made during college were at Taco Bell. I mean, you know, we, you know, I guess it's almost like a war kind of thing. Like, you know, we all been through the struggle at Taco Bell. So we grew closer because of it. But yeah, I mean, it was, you know, not every night was crazy, but I would say there's more nights that were crazy than not crazy. <laughs> I remember, I can't remember which year it was, but Cinco de Mayo, or what, no, what, what, Cinco de Mayo fell on like a Friday or something. And I think 420 did too. So it was Friday. It's these holidays. And so, yeah, everybody absolutely came to Taco Bell. And, you know, there's so many drunk people trying to come in at night. And, yeah, I'm, there's endless stories. <laughs> like, it was just absolute madness most of the time. Quite honestly, I had a ton of admiration for the fact that, you know, you were a full-time student. You worked at the Collegian. And then you also worked at Taco Bell. You know, I had to wait tables. I had to work as a bartender, do various things during my collegiate career along with everything we were doing student media wise and 
it's not an easy balance, especially, you know, like, let's be real. Taco Bell's not where you want to be, you know, on a Thursday night, there's sports on, there's, you know, the homies are out at the bars, all that stuff. But I, I do want to give you props for, you know, busting your ass through that entire experience. And I honestly, I honestly think it probably made you a better man because of it. But God, that had to have been tough at times. Oh, it was, it was absolutely brutal sometimes. And what made it tougher is because, you know, full-time students, so I have classes during the day. So in order to work and talk about it, to work at night, but most sports things are happening at night. So, you know, I had to try to, okay, there's this volleyball match this night. So I need this, you know, this week I need this night off. And so I was lucky that the managers work with me pretty well most of the time, but yeah, it, it, was, it was definitely a grind for sure. And, you know, I missed, I missed a bunch of like professional stuff too, like game seven of the Cubs world series. You know, I was just following it on the ESPN track at work. Uh, what's the super bowl between new England and Atlanta. Like I put my phone away. I remember Atlanta that. I remember you telling us you missed that one. Yeah. I, I went home. We closed at like two and then I just went home and I watched the recording because I really just wanted to see what happened. But luckily I did see, you know, I was sitting in the drive-thru and just ignoring whoever the hell was in the drive-thru because I was watching the UNC Villanova championship game. Oh, so you saw so the I shots. Got, oh yeah. Yeah. So I was just fired up. Like, after after Villanova hit the game winner, I just took my headset off. I was like, someone else has to do this right now. Like, I'm way too hyped right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite national championships. One, because I won my bracket pool that year because I picked <laughs> Nova. But yeah. two, just oh, the raw emotion of that game. It was incredible. But it was, yeah. Two of the biggest shots you'll probably ever see in any kind of championship game. Seriously. But for real, man, I, I gotta commend you for the dedication and, and honestly, you know, Taco Bell is, and I've got some more questions I want to ask you about Taco Bell. Don't get me Go wrong, yeah. but <laughs> just the, the general dedication you put to everything. And, and this is not even like me trying to butter you up. This is just things I probably should have told you back when I was the editor of the collegian, but I didn't know how to communicate like a man back then. Anyways, dude, for real, you, your improvement from, you know, when you started at the collegian to when you left, was just exponential and and it was just a credit to you man for for busting your ass and and you know just keeping with it and and honestly like when when you got hired at pueblo i it just made me so stoked because i knew how hard you had worked to get to that point and and so just congrats <laughs> well i really appreciate that man thank you i mean you know i couldn't do it without you guys giving me these opportunities at the collegian too and you know i a lot of it you know, really shaped what I was able to, you know, kind of present to them and, you know, land that job. So thank you guys too, for giving me that opportunity and, you know, also working with me around my talk about schedule too. So, but that's the thing. It was like, we, we saw, you know, we were like, this dude is a full-time student. He has to work nights at Taco Bell and he's doing everything that he absolutely can to cover every single, you know, opportunity that he's given at the collegian and kill it at that. It was just, like you don't you don't see that every day you know there were there were a lot of people that would come into student media you know everyone wants to cover football obviously everyone wants to be on the men's basketball beat right away and nobody's willing you know to to put in the time on the smaller beats to to go to the you know club events or the the smaller sports or to you know miss the night out with your friends to cover the obscure game that the normal guy couldn't cover and and that was just always you you know you were always willing to go the the extra inch the extra mile and it's why I just like, I know you're going to be successful in this industry. You already are, but it's just, 
I got a lot of respect for you. And I know the audience right now is probably like, did you just bring this guy on to like flirt with him? <laughs> but uh, I, I, I got to rave about my guy every now and then. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And, you know, right back at you too. I mean, I know it hasn't always been easy for you either. So, and this has been an amazing job and I've been loving following you as well. So no, well, I Both appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get a little less corny here. I promise guys. What what was the the weirdest thing that ever happened when you were working at Taco Bell? Weirdest thing, man. I'm trying to think. There's so many. I, I mean, I got to imagine you just <laughs> half your customers were intoxicated in, in some form or the other. I would have just messed with drunk people constantly. Oh yeah, no. I mean, that's what we did. More like, um, we would we would say this stupid crap to people on the drive through, like, you know, have a taco-tastic night and try to mess with people like half the time people didn't even realize we were saying these like stupid puns but when they did it was a good time but uh, the weirdest thing I'm trying to think a lot of weird stuff at probably the weirdest night was I just remembered what what happened was the undie run was the same day as Cinco de Mayo oh I remember so that, I, I remember that now yeah that was that was the most because we there's a tracker for Taco Bell, they'd have, it breaks like the day down into shifts. And so for that night, we had the most cars ever while, while I worked there. It was like, I think like 400. And a normal night is probably like 200. So it was doubled. And all these people just coming through and obviously their underwear or whatever the hell they were wearing. Like, I don't know, that was, a, that was probably the weirdest night, just seeing all these people come through the track through with no clothes on. Yeah, I don't know how I would. Ha- I mean, you know, it's going to happen because the undie run, but it's still just, it's like, ah, this is this kind of weird. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know if I want to, you know, I don't want to see all these people in their underwear, you know, maybe some of them, but not all of them. <laughs> did the, did you get used to the smell of Taco Bell or was that smell just like nauseating by the end? You no, know, I got used to it. Actually, you know, I didn't think it was too bad. I know my girlfriend absolutely hated it every time I came home. But, you know, now, like, I go into a Taco Bell and I smell it. I'm like, oh, I'm home. (laughs) (laughs) This is familiar. Yeah. (laughs) But, no, it wasn't too bad. And, you know, the food isn't too bad either, I guess. But I don't really eat Taco Bell anymore just because I got sick of it. Plus, they keep getting rid of all my favorite items. So, screw it. I know, man. I I, I don't. I they, They always do things cyclical. Like, that's not necessarily new. But the way they've just been axing things left and right. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't want one of your two things now. No, like they got rid of quesaritos. Like that was my main thing. Mexican pizzas now are going. Like that one was surprising. That one was chicken. about the packaging or whatever. But it, it felt like they could have, you could do something else. Just put it in something else. Yeah, no. That, the problem with Taco Bell is they, they're all they only care about speed. Like that's yes. that's why they're getting rid of these things. They're like, oh, Mexican pizza takes too long to make. Like maybe if you have slow people, right? It doesn't take that long. Well, also, I'm willing to wait the three minutes for my Taco Bell. That too. Like, I think most people are have just accepted at this point that Taco Bell is going to take a little bit longer. Man, Taco Bell needs to, they need to get some input from the people. They do. I tried. I tried to tell them when I was there and they don't want to listen to me. We're the, we're the trash people that eat your food. You need to take our <laughs> trash takes. <laughs> yeah. Just listen to us. Uh, what do you uh, what do you miss most about Fort Collins? Miss most. Uh, no offense to Polo, but I miss just seeing trees. 
<laughs> you know, Pueblo, you know, has its nice parts, but it, it is almost partially a desert, it feels like. And, you know, the place I'm living at now, there's no grass in the yard. It's just a rock yard. And, you know, I just, I just miss how beautiful Fort Collins was, you know, just driving really anywhere, like driving down, you know, mountain, like that's, that was probably my favorite way to go just along like the, the rail there and just going through the oval, like having all these options, you know, just to go hang out somewhere. It was, it was awesome. Where were some of your favorite spots on campus? Clark C. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Clark C is just, you know, if, if you don't if you know, that's the asbestos. Is, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite places were probably uh, downstairs in the LSC, like not, not in uh, the bar, but like over on the seats. Like I love that area, but I didn't get cell phone reception there. So I didn't get to hang out there too much, but you know, just the LSC overall is, I love that building. Just, it, it opened my freshman year too. So it kind of grew with me, I guess you could almost say, but that, and, you know, I didn't spend too much time with the oval, but you know, to be kind of cheesy, I'd say Moby arena too. Like, I love that arena. Like, I think it's laid out great. I mean, just the access to it. Like, I don't know. I love Moby. <laughs> Everything about Moby is awesome, except for the press seating. And it, yeah, and it actually used to be a lot better when everybody was down on the court. And, and now it's premium seating, I guess, even though it's usually empty. But <laughs> I, I totally agree, man. I, I love Moby. Moby watching CSU's NCAA tournament runs like going into college was a big reason why I was like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. Like, what an experience. I can't wait. Ram yeah. ruckus. And uh, <laughs> that that never never really happened. I did get to experience it as a student journalist with the Collegian with the with the magnificent seven run. That was kind of a fun team, but that was. What what was your what was your favorite, you know, or you don't have to do just one, but what were some of your favorite sporting memories from CSU? Like best games, best things you covered, or or as a student, however you want to go with it. Yeah. I mean, really, I didn't attend too many as students, just you know, unfortunately the Taco Bell life took that part away. But you know, some of my favorite ones to cover, I mean, I covered volleyball for two years and you know, obviously the volleyball team is dominant. So you know, they had matches against CU that I covered that were great. Uh, let's, uh, I think it was Michigan when they played them. I covered that game and they swept them. And, you know, that's obviously it's Michigan, you know, it's a, from a power conference, like, and they just totally obliterated them. Like, it was, and, you know, getting to travel with them too, because you know, both of their uh, tournament runs when I was covering them, I got to go to Seattle and uh, Stanford and Palo Alto. And those, you know, just following that, just following that team for two years was probably the best experience. Cause you know, Tom Hilbert is an absolute pro, you know, they had great players and really, and they're all young players too. So it was pretty much the same, you know, girls that I covered for the two years and got to know them pretty well. And it, as anyone will say, you know, it's a lot easier to cover when a team's winning too. So, you know, that, that helps the experience as well. Was it hard at times covering the volleyball team, knowing, you know, how great they were, how dominant they were. And just knowing that, you know, some fans are just like never going to pay attention to it, no matter, you know, how well of a job you do, no matter, you know, how great of a story you tell the, the, the closed mindedness of some folks, you know, they're still going to tune it out. That would, cause that, it honestly, it did bother me at times when I would write, you know, like a, 
uh, a feature on Ellen Nistrom and, and, you know, Elon Gustafsson. And I felt like it was some of the best work I did. And then, you know, it would get, you know, like a fourth of the, the views that I would write on just some basic football press release. And I would just be like, oh, what the fuck, man? Yeah, like it was extremely frustrating. I mean, you were saying, you know, like some of the people that come to work for the collegiate, you know, they don't want to cover that. You know, they want to jump straight to football or basketball. But, you know, covering these other sports, I mean, it's, I think that's even better because, you know, these, the athletes and the coaches care about it more because they don't receive that kind of attention. And yeah, and really they're more open. Like, like I think volleyball is some of the best work. I wrote some of the best features. Softball, I think I wrote one of my best features. And, you know, I, I don't know what views I got, but I'm sure it didn't get nearly as many as football, but those were some of the best times. And, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm like, CSU is like a guaranteed lock to win the Mountain West. And they're going against, I don't know, New Mexico or something. And like, just no one's in Moby. And I'm like, I get volleyball is not popular, but like, come on. Like this team is, <laughs> they've won, like, I don't know what it's at now. Like they've gone to the NCAA tournament, like 28 years in a row now or something. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's very frustrating at times. Especially with that team because they had some personality too. Like they'd go on some runs and, you know, you'd, you'd feel the, the energy starting to build. And yeah, I just, I don't get it. Oh, if, if you're listening to the podcast and, and you don't ever check out any of the other sports, just give them a chance. That's all I'm saying. Give them a chance. You might experience something that surprises you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, softball is reigning Mountain West champions right now still. True. And I, I don't think it even costs money to get into their games. I don't I never saw anyone. No, nah, I mean, you basically anything. just like walk up. It's just right on campus. Yeah. So right, right by the rec center, right in the IM fields, at least yeah. until they get the, the women's sports facility, which yeah. uh, could be on hold, I suppose, due to financial restrictions of everything that's happening and crazy times. Um, one of the things I did want to ask you about, just kind of jumping around here, is is the feature you wrote on Corey Sperry a while back, who obviously one of the the best CSU tight ends of all time. Genuinely, just one of the best pass catchers. Had a ton of touchdowns uh, during his career. I think like 17. What was it like, you know, getting to, to interview him? Did you know him at all before that? You know, were you aware of him? You know, just what was that process like? More from Austin on Corey Sperry in just a second. But first, Thursday was just the warm-up. Now is time to get ready for Sunday's full slate of action, and there's no better place to get in the game than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings Sportsbook is rolling out a can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook app, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when they bet on any team. That's right, you can place a $1 bet on any team, and if that team wins... You can cash out a cool Benjamin. How could you pass that up? If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the app now and scout their latest offers. Bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, a sportsbook that goes wherever you go. DraftKings is safe, reliable, secure, making it super easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this truly can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week one, bet $1 on them to win, and you'll win $100 if that team wins. That's bet $1 to win $100 when you use the promo code DNVR during signup. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. 
All right, more with Austin in just a second, but first, it's time for my DraftKings pick of the week. And I got to go with the Broncos at home against Tennessee. Currently, three-point underdogs. I think a lot of that has to do with the expectation that Derrick Henry is really going to, you know, ground and pound, run the football down Denver's throat. Obviously, pretty discouraging that the Broncos recently lost Vaughn Miller. But when you look at the records, Denver just historically very, very good at home. I think coming into mile high is a tough matchup for the Titans, especially in week one. I think we could see some fatigue come into play, especially just with the lack of contact, lack of preseason. In general, I like Denver's chances at home early in the season. Lock it in. Denver plus 140 against the Titans. That is my DraftKings pick of the week. Well, you know, growing up, I know I'm not going to shy away. You know, I'm, I'm still not a huge college football fan and especially not like any Colorado colleges, to be honest. But, you know, I definitely heard Corey Sperry's name, you know, while I was at CSU. And, you know, I, I eventually found out because one of my uh, closest friends that I've made down here, he went to Pueblo County High School, which is where Corey Sperry went. And he was there kind of at the same time, too. So he kind of told me about him and he was telling me like, about how him playing basketball and like how he was amazing at that too. And, and, you know, over the summer there wasn't much to do. So he came up with this idea of like, okay, Hey, let's, let's uh, check in with some of Pueblo's past prep stars and, you know, see what they're up to. And Corey Sperry was the first name that came to mind for me. I was like, this guy was amazing at CSU, you know, got to the NFL, probably should have had a better chance, you know, just looking at it. Like, I feel like he kind of got a raw deal, but you know, I traced him, uh, his old football coach is now the athletic director at Pueblo County High School. So he had a number for him. And you know, I called him and he was just the nicest dude, like just chill, like laid back. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm a cop now and living in, I think, I think he said meat or like kind of like the Broomfield area and just super chill, just open, you know, telling me about his time in Miami and you know how there's a couple other, you know, Islander guys that were there and they would have cookouts like every night he told me. And, you know, then he told me about CSU and just, you know, his favorite memory wasn't even someone on the field. He told me his favorite memory was just rocking out with, uh, I can't remember who, but he said, just chilling on the bus, rocking out with the team. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like a very genuine dude and, you know, one, one of Pueblo's best athletes really ever. Totally. He was a, he was a lot of fun to, to watch back in the day when I was, I was younger, obviously, when during his playing career, but he was definitely one of my favorite players. He was just, I always thought he was badass because he would wear a bandana under his helmet. And I just like middle school, Justin just be like, Oh, that guy's cool. <laughs> I'm rocking the bandana. Yeah. Something I will never be cool enough to do, no matter how hard <laughs> I try. Yeah. I mean, he's like, what? He's probably like six, six or higher and big dude. Like, I think it's a little easier to rock the bandana when you're bigger than when you're that big. That's fair. I, I really thought he would have a better NFL career than he did. I wonder if if ending up, because I believe it was San Diego where he was at before Miami, or maybe it was I the think, other way around. Yeah, um, he started with Miami, and then Miami actually, uh, they I can't remember if they traded him or if just the Broncos picked up his contract, but he told me the Broncos picked up his contract, but it was more just like they were playing games with the Chargers, like, haha, we have this guy, we know you want him, so... He was in Denver for like two weeks and then went out to San Diego. But the politics yeah, of that whole situation sounds kind of crappy. Yeah, he told me like that was the toughest part of it, really, was the politics game. And like, you know, any second you could be 
up and going to some other town across, literally across the country. I mean, he went from Miami to San Diego, but I mean, he, he worked with him, you know, he got to play with Philip Rivers for, cause I think he was in San Diego for the longest I think He was like four or five years. So he got to work with Philip Rivers for a long time. He told me that was probably one of the other enjoyable parts of his NFL career. Philip Rivers is a guy that I, I used to despise and I've, I've kind of grown fond of him over the years. Just really that's the case with most of the older quarterbacks, big Ben. I didn't really like growing up. He's kind of grown on me. Brady's grown on me a ton over the years, which I hate to admit, but it just has, <laughs> but I love that. Uh, I love that rivers doesn't cuss and it just yeah. it cracks me up, man. Oh, Corey talked about that too. Cause I was like, well, what was it like playing with Phil rivers? And he was like, man, that guy cannot talk trash. <laughs> it's because he just doesn't cuss. Like he just comes up to the line. And says, oh crap! Oh man! Like I could not imagine playing football with guys not cussing at least a little bit. Ah shoot! Gosh darn it! <laughs> just takes it. Just takes the edge away a little bit. I think. Do uh, do you think the NFL is going to be able to get through an entire season? I know. I mean, you don't know anything more than I do from a you know scientific standpoint <laughs> or any of that. But like you know, what's your gut say? My gut says yes, just because, you know, they obviously have access to these things. You know, my money talks a little bit in this country, obviously. <laughs> so, you know, I think the NFL will be okay. I think it might be shady if they start letting fans in, but you know, I think they'll probably be able to pull it off pretty easily. You know, kind of based on that, just that you are, given that you are a preps reporter, I was kind of curious about your perspective on everything that's been going on with Chassa kind of a weird week. It seemed like there was a lot of momentum heading towards them potentially reversing their decision and, and playing in the fall instead of the spring. That obviously didn't happen. The, uh, the Chassa board came out unanimous against it. Were you surprised by that? Uh, I was surprised. Well, it's been just such a weird situation because it was like, okay, Polis said, Polis said something like, okay, we're good to go. And then Chassa was like, no, we're, we're okay. But you know, Polis never really like said, Hey, I'm going to give you a variance. You know, Chassa, I don't think knew that Polis was going to be like, yeah, you can have 50 players on each side, which he tweeted last night at 11 PM to some random reply. So no one knew about this. I don't think Chassa even did, but it's been tough. A lot of like kind of finger pointing now. It feels like, like, Oh, Chassa is like, Oh, Hey, we didn't, we couldn't get this. Polis is like, ah, I said, I do this, but you guys voted no. But I don't know. Ultimately, I think Chatsa is making the, the right decision here, just looking at everything and, you know, listening to science. And the other thing, too, is, you know, in the spring, the entire country, no, no, no state played spring sports. Every single senior lost their senior year, except like the baseball and softball players in Iowa. That was about it. So Chatsa's whole motivation for this has been to not lose seasons and i understand you know the kids that are looking for scholarships you know this is going to be tough but potentially i could see the ncaa moving the windows back because you know a state like california is not playing and that's one of the top three most recruited states it's a so, good point it's it's it won't be because of colorado but if the ncaa does make some changes that'll help a lot of these fringe guys that are still you know trying to play scrap for a scholarship yeah exactly and you know the other thing is you look at the other, you know, 92% of kids that aren't going to go play in college. This is going to be their last chance at playing football if they're a senior. And so do you risk it? Do you say, okay, never mind, let's play in the fall while, you know, the pandemic is still obviously going on. And 
you know, risk it? Or do we push it back, you know, give it time, maybe a vaccine happens, or maybe the numbers just, you know, dip down to extremely low. And, you know, you still get to have a season. I mean, I think most kids would probably want to have a season instead of, you know, play for a couple of weeks and, oh, hey, one team has an outbreak. Now the teams they play have to quarantine for 14 days. So those games are canceled. And those, I don't know, it just trickles down, really, even if it's just one team. So I feel like ultimately it's the, the best decision for these kids to get their last chance. Because if you ask those kids in the spring, you know, what would they, how would they feel about moving their season back? I'm sure most of them would say, yes, please. Like this sucked not being able to play my last year. What was that like covering, you know, student athletes who obviously lost the opportunity to compete? It was tough. Cause you know, at first, you know, we find out everything's canceled. So our first thought is, well, shit, what are we going to do for a few months? But you know, quickly I thought of, you know, Hey, let's, our, my goal was we're going to talk to every school's every school and every sport at that school too. And just have a story, even if it's short, just like, Hey, these were the seniors. This is what they're doing. But so literally I almost got to talk to every single, you know, there's like nine spring sports. There's nine high schools down here. Not, they don't have every sport. I think it was about like 55 teams that we all got to talk to just every one of them. You know, all the kids are just, you know, disappointed, sad, you know, some stories were tougher than others. Like there was one, uh, this soccer player, a uh, girl soccer player, her dad is her head coach at her high school. She was a senior, you know, she's, she doesn't want to play college soccer. So this was that last spring was going to be, you know, kind of her final, you know, she's been playing since she was five with her dad coaching her. So for 15 years, you know, it's kind of building up to this last season and they're the best team in Pueblo, like by far Pueblo Centennial. And so it was just, one of the most brutal stories, like she didn't get this last chance. And then actually there was one that was even more tough. This lacrosse player. She's probably the best lacrosse player in the state. I mean, her sophomore year, no, her junior year, she tore her ACL halfway through the season. And at the end of the season, she was still fourth in goal score. She didn't play half the season. Like she would have easily probably broken records. So she was out her junior year had to do all that recovery ACL. She gave up basketball so she could focus on the lacrosse season. Season's canceled because of the pandemic. And now she's not even going to play college lacrosse. She was being recruited by Duke and now she's, she's not even playing at the next level. So it was, yeah, that those stories were really brutal to tell. That's the heartbreaking part because the, you know, the, the rational, the, the person in me that, that supports, you know, all the science and stuff like that, I get it. You know, like this, the stuff you said, it just, it does suck for the, there are legitimately going to be people who probably miss out on the opportunity to, you know, potentially go to college at all because of this. And, you know, if you're getting into Duke, you're probably, you know, going to qualify at other schools, but financially, like who knows, you know, if they're able to make that work and it's just a tough time, tough time for a lot of people. Yeah, extremely. Do uh, do you miss being in college at all? I'm curious. Now that you know you're out, you've been a working man for a couple of years. Uh I don't. I'm sure. I'm sure that day might come, but you know, I've really, I've really enjoyed the time in Pueblo and you know this job. And my girlfriend actually just moved down here at the start of the month, and so now I'm you know not completely alone. <laughs> and obviously, I've made a couple friends here, but you know, it's it's been nice and. You know, college, 
you know, college exactly wasn't the most fun time for me either. Cause you know, like you said, a lot of grinding, a lot of, you know, talk of school during the day and talk about at night. So, you know, I don't think I got the same kind of college experiences other kids would, but you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And, you know, maybe, maybe that day will come when, you know, I'm trying to pay things for a house and life is crashing into me and losing my hair. I'm going gray or something. And I'm like, <laughs> nah, you know, a Taco Bell was okay. The Taco Bell was better than this stuff going on. What was uh what was one of the more random courses you remember taking? I took oceanography and the history of jazz. <laughs> history of jazz. I took like a music appreciation class freshman year just because like I heard that was like the joke thing to do. So I'm like, I'm gonna do that too. That might be the one. I'm trying to remember some other classes. I don't think I know anybody that didn't take music appreciation it's, at some point. Like, yeah. I mean it was such an easy class and just kind of a fun one too. Like honestly, the teacher I had was so great for it. And I think he just knew that kids took this more as a joke. So he just kind of rolled with it. But that was probably the most random one I could think of. What was your favorite course? My favorite? Uh, I know it's been there, a while, so it's kind of putting you on the spot. No, you're good. I mean, there was a, there was a sports reporting class with uh, Daryl Blair that was just fun. I mean, like there's some days where he just showed us like 30, 30 films. I'm like, <laughs> All right. Yeah. I know my tuition is going towards this, but who cares? I'll chill out for <laughs> an hour and a half and just watch this. But you know, that, that class was a lot of fun. And just Daryl's a good dude for sure. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. love that class. It was, if, if you are a CSU student, if, even if you don't want to do reporting, if, if you're just looking for a, a fun general elective, I, I recommend it. It's a, it's good experience to get into the writing, see how some of this, you know, process works anyways, but it's also just a lot of fun. Yeah. And Daryl's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's just a cool dude, which I feel like the prof- having a cool professor is half the battle when it comes to classes. A, a cool professor can make a terrible class tolerable, but uh, a miserable professor can ruin a cool class so quickly. Couldn't say it better. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let you get going here, but when just real quick, when you come back to Fort Collins... You know, where, where are some of your must-hit spots? You know, where, where are you going to get some food? Or, you know, if somebody was like, hey, you know, let's grab a beer. You know, where would you want to go? Uh, let's see. I don't know. Uh, prob- One of my favorite restaurants kind of in Old Town is uh, the Asian Lulu Bistro. I love that place. Classic. Obviously got to love stuff, too, if you're not in the mood for uh, Chinese or food Let's, have you ever done the the burger with donuts for bun? No. I haven't either, but I've always been. I'm sure it's good. It just seems so gluttonous that it it's, you know, I'll 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 you know splurge, but damn, it it doesn't even seem good to me. Like I don't, I don't want sweets <laughs> like that with my burger. Like I don't. That seems just like a weird combination when they do that kind of stuff. Well, I think it's like the salt and the sweet. It's kind of like the savory. It like all comes together. I'm guessing. It's I don't know. Much. I watch a bunch of those cooking shows and they're always doing weird stuff like that. (laughs) True that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, those are probably the top spot. And, you know, over the summer, I love, you know, they have that, uh, the food truck stuff that they do at city park. I always hit that. You know, those food trucks are amazing. I, I, fortunately I don't even remember some of the names, but like there's a, there's a Mexican one. That's fantastic. Like there's like a barbecue one that I would have all the time, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic right there what they do in Fort Collins. 
Sounds good, man. Well, thanks for coming on and just, you know, catching up. It was good to see your face during this pandemic. It's been weird. I don't know when I'm going to get to hang out with my friends again, but <laughs> no <laughs> we're one pressing knows. on. No yeah. Well, who are you taking in? Uh, who are you taking in the Broncos Titans game week one? Oh, it's got to be the Broncos. I mean, give them the home field, even with even with no fans. Oh yeah, I mean, and they killed them last season. I mean, that well, Marcus Mariota did start the game, but Ryan Tannehill came in and didn't do anything else. And Derrick Henry, I think, had his worst game of the season. So it's going to be tougher, obviously, since Bond's out. But nah, I don't. I don't see any way the Broncos lose, even with a young offense. Putting you on the spot, are they a playoff team? I borderline. It's it's different this year since there's going to be seven teams. So I think that honestly that helps. Yeah, chance like because I think they are kind of right on the border. Like totally eight, and eight maybe nine yeah. and seventeen. You know, I think they're going to be right around five hundred. Which with seven teams in the AFC, it could be good enough. So who knows? Would CSU have beaten CU in the showdown this year? I don't know. I don't know. I it, it would have been an interesting one because both teams are, you know, in new places, you know, right now because CU's got a new coach. CSU had a new coach, you know, a lot of new players too. You know, both teams had a lot of guys leave. I, don't, I think it would have been interesting for sure. You know, CSU obviously would have had the home advantage. I think they probably had more guys returning. And, you know, the defense obviously has been brutal, but I don't know. I think it could have been a fun, high-scoring affair. Maybe CSU pulls something like a 45-41 win. That was a very legitimate, respectable response, but not what the fans were looking for. You got to come out strong. Of course they're good. No, I'm just, I think, I think you were spot on with your analysis. (laughs) But uh, seriously, man, thanks for, I know, man, I'm I'm never going to get over it. It, Uh, It's, it'll be years, uh, 10 years from now, I'm just going to be randomly a Buffs highlights going to come on. And I'm just, remember when they were supposed to come to Fort Collins in 2020. (laughs) And see if you would have beat their ass. All right, man. Well, take care and thank you for doing this. We'll definitely get you on soon and you know, hear hear what's going on with everything in Pueblo and in Colorado sports. And hopefully at some point I'll get to bring you on here to talk about CSU sports, but who knows when that's gonna happen. All right, we'll be back with more editions of the DNVR Rams podcast over the next couple of days. I'm gonna be catching up with some 2021 commits for CSU football just kind of get their perspective uh, particularly some some guys that currently aren't playing going to talk about the the debacle that has been Chassa and this entire process for Colorado high school football plenty to talk about working on some really cool features at the moment um, I actually had a hard drive that I was recently able to get some audio files off of after it had gone corrupt it been just a total pain in the ass, but it's going to allow me to finish this hoops feature I've been teasing forever. And I'm stoked about that because I thought I was going to have to re-interview everyone. And I was really frustrated about that, but now I'm stoked. I got some other cool stuff going to go over uh, some of the greatest what ifs in CSU football history. So I think, uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy some of the stuff we've got lined up over the next week or two. And, you know, obviously going to be talking about all of the things going on in college football throughout the fall going to be doing a lot of NFL stuff. Make sure you check out everything we've got going on. I've uh, got a new podcast or a new live NFL game show coming on Sunday mornings called The Tailgate. I'm going to be a part of that. Uh, should be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to everything. Make sure you're checking out DNVR Bets, DNVR Broncos, all that fun stuff. Avs, Nuggets, Rockies, you know the deal. 
Hope everybody enjoys the college football this weekend, even though it sucks that there's no Mountain West, no Pac-12. Total bummer, I get it, but going to just try and, you know, make the best of it and enjoy game day and all that fun stuff. But word, hope everybody has a good weekend and we will be back.